it's really such a beautiful thing of, you know, just reintegrating all the pieces of yourself that you thought were unlovable, where you thought people re would reject you if they knew. And just bringing those back in and realizing they're all... Hello and welcome to Finding Your Spark again. I am so glad to be here with you today. My guest today is Karen Seltz. She's a confidence and visibility coach who supports coaches and online business owners to integrate their heads with their hearts and speak with authenticity and authority on camera. It is so good to have you here today, Karen. Thank you so much, Donna Lynn. I am just thrilled to be here and to be with you because we had so much fun in our pre-talk. Me too. Me too. And you know, that's the thing is that when we, when we get together and we kind of talk about things, something wonderful can happen. And this sort of idea of how do we get out of our own way so you can live fully. It's such an important idea that we, that we're in it, right? We're in it. So I cannot wait to, uh, to talk about that with you. It's really great. Yeah, I'm really excited because most of the people that come to me that I work with are camera shy or they're really nervous about being judged or what they look like. And that phrase, like, get out of your own way, we've all heard it. And I love that I can break it down and simplify it and give people very simple tips on how to actually do it. So it's not just a concept up here. Yeah, that's the big thing is that it's so easy to talk about these things, but not so easy to do them, is it? Yeah, I think once you know them, it's easier to do them. But if you just hear people say, get out of your own way, I'm like, what the heck does that mean? How do I do it? Like, if I knew how, I would. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. And also what the goal is, right? A lot of times uh, people have a goal, like, like your clients, a goal to be seen and heard on video to be out in the world in this digital way. And then they go like, okay, but I would have to become someone else. How do I do that? Wow, that's such a great point. And, and there is this feeling like we have to be like somebody else. And people are smart, like consumers, whoever's watching your video, they're smart. They know if it's you or if you're pretending because the subconscious mind picks up all these subtle clues and they're like, there's something quite off. I can't put my finger on it, but I don't trust her. So one of the things I teach is to fully embrace your weirdo, your inner weirdo, like just let it out, let it fly because you will attract your tribe because there are, we're all weirdos just in our own unique way. And we yeah. want to follow our own weirdo leaders. <laughs> yeah. And you can't hide it anyway. It's just a, it's a falsehood that you can, you can trick everybody into thinking that you are who you're, who you think you are, who you, you think you should be, right? It's like, no, you got to find the yes inside and then go with that. So good. Totally. That reminds me of a story. So many years ago, before I started doing this, I was coaching like kind of general mindset and spirituality, but I didn't have any clients. I was just pretending I was a coach. And, you know, I had the certificate, all the things, and I did some volunteer coaching in this transformational leadership program. And the facilitator asked for one of the coaches to be a volunteer. So I volunteered and there were 60 students and I thought I was the best actress in the world. I thought nobody knows I'm insecure. Nobody knows I'm full of self-doubt. 
And I got up in front of that room and after we finished the exercise, she asked the audience, all the students, like, what was your impression or your experience of Karen? Like insecure, self-doubt. I'm like, oh my gosh. But it was the most liberating moment for me. I'm like, I'm spending so much energy trying to hold up this facade, put on this mask, and it's not working anyway. So what do I have to lose by just dropping it and seeing you know, who I really am instead of who I think I need to be? So there is such a liberation when you're able to let that go and just say, okay, well, it's not working anyway. I might as well just be me. Yeah, and, and interesting in the way that you're talking about it, that the me that you're going to go be is the me that is really, it's a, it's a core person, right? It's someone who isn't subject to the judgments of others and judgments of self, right? Because that's insecurity comes from worrying about measuring up. Right. So, uh, so once we get beyond that and we peel away enough layers, then who you are is so beautiful and unencumbered by that judgment factor, isn't it? Yeah. It, it's really profound when you can get to that moment where you honestly don't care what other people think. And I mean, it still comes up now and then for me, but I don't make decisions based on that most of the time, unless I go unconscious. And it's really such a beautiful thing of, you know, just reintegrating all the pieces of yourself that you thought were unlovable, where you thought people re would reject you if they knew. And just bringing those back in and realizing they're all gifts. They're all, I mean, you can't separate. We all have every single characteristic within us. But over the years, we learn, okay, this one gets me praise. This one gets me acceptance. This one gets me love and hugs and maybe even money or whatever the reward is. And when I show up this way, people reject me. I get punished. Maybe I get spanked. Maybe I get sent to my room. Maybe people talk about me behind my back. So we pick and choose which pieces of ourselves that we deem worthy to be us or to show up as. And the other ones we shove in a closet but they need love, they need recognition, or else you are feeling not whole because you've rejected these pieces of yourself. So in order to feel whole and to come from that place of, I have everything I need within, I don't need approval. You get to reintegrate all those rejected pieces. Yeah, it's a good point. And also the way you're talking about, these are the things that we think are getting in our own way, right? The people often feel like, oh, I get in my own way by, um, you know, not manipulating enough, by not understanding the situation, the politically, and not uh, playing the game enough. But really how we're getting in our own way is the that deeper way that you were just talking about where, where all of these, uh, how do I fit into society thoughts are just inappropriate for creation, right? And that's what we're doing all the time. We're walking through the world in a creation mode, even when we're going to a nine to five, right? So that's that makes it really interesting because it feels like we have to be within that system. Uh, yeah, exactly. When you're working with people and you're really working on uh, not sort of going back into the rut, is there anything, because that's really what that is, right? We practiced it. I practiced being insecure or I practiced being 
um, you know, uh, worrying about other people's, what other people think of me. And, and it, particularly in video, that's a big thing, right? It was a big thing for me when I first started. I was like, oh, I'm to this, I'm to that, I'm to the other thing. I got all of the things in my own head that I'm, I'm inappropriate for. Essentially, I don't look like Barbie, right? I don't look like the person who was on television when when I was a kid, right? Because we didn't have all this video. Everybody gets to be on video moment, right? And so all of those kind of self-judgments had to just be dealt with, right? They had to, what had to matter more was being able to bring a message to people, was being able to change people's lives. And so little does it matter what I look like, right? Like none of it matters. It's all in my head, right? So so how do we move past that um, to, to stop sort of that self-sabotage? Yeah, you nailed so many of the key components there. It's It's the way we're wired. So our brains are wired to look for threats and danger. And unless we intervene at a conscious level, like say, okay, like Dr. Joe Dispenza says, okay, tell me when I'm thinking this thought. And you know, you examine yourself. Okay, what are the things that come in and the ego masquerades as logic all the time? So it makes so much sense. It's so convincing. It is definitely a worthy opponent. It is almost as smart as you, almost, but not quite. So you get to start doing some reflection. Okay, what is it that you really, really want to do? And you have this burning desire, this calling that keeps coming up. And for most of us, we push it down, push it down, like, not me. Who am I? Who am I to be on camera? Who am I this? They're going to reject me. All my friends and family are going to make fun of me. Who's going to be left? I'm going to be all alone and I'm going to die. Whatever. Like we make up these very extreme things and in our heads, they sound very, very convincing. So start to become aware of those. What are those voices saying? What are those thoughts? Those thoughts all carry a frequency and they all create corresponding emotions. So when you send, when you think any thought, you are sending an electromagnetic signal out, an electric signal to the universe. This is what I want more of. This is what I want more of. Give me more reasons to hate myself. Give me more reasons to feel alone. Give me more reasons to feel separate. So you get to start noticing what are those thoughts that keep coming up repeatedly. Because when you think a thought, there's a chemical process in the body that produces an emotion. Now, emotions are the magnet. They draw the situation to you. And every emotion is a call for an action. That's the only purpose of an emotion. So when you're constantly being triggered into survival emotions, mostly you're remembering the past events. And that emotion is saying, okay, take action. You better do something. You better run. You better hide. You better freeze. And the event happened 10 years ago because the subconscious mind only thinks in the present tense. So you get stuck in this loop. Well, what do I do? And that creates confusion or overwhelm, which leads to more stuckness. And it produces more thoughts that produce more emotions. And you get stuck in this loop. And you do what I call revolve instead of evolve. So... The best way to do that is some type of pattern interrupt. When you notice yourself thinking those thoughts, get up, move your body, go. My favorite thing to do, this is hilarious, is to skip like a child. I don't know what it is. I have a sample size of about 20 people now. It is the quickest way to shift your state that I've ever found. Skipping. It is 
for me, I used to suffer from clinical depression. It is impossible for me to feel depressed if I skip. I don't know what it is. I should do a study on this with more than 20 people. <laughs> it's hard to be buoyant without being lighthearted, isn't it? It is. It's hard to lift your body out of the air. Yeah. Yeah. So then you start thinking, okay, how would greatness think? Like how would the version of me that I dream about, the one for me, for example, it's the one on stage delivering a TED talk, you know, to hundreds or thousands of people impacting lives, creating this ripple effect of truth and love where people recognize who they are and what they're here to do. How would that version of me think? Would she be thinking, oh, who am I? No, she'd be thinking, who am I to not do this? Who am I to not listen to my calling? And she's out there. She's passionate. She's bold. And this is the important thing. She's not thinking about herself. She's thinking about how can I impact? How can I serve someone else? So when I'm teaching people on video to get out of their way, I teach them. I have a really simple process I do before I get on any video or any coaching call. I just breathe into my heart center, in and out of my heart center three times, slowly, slowly, slowly with my eyes closed. And I say, get me out of the way and speak through me. Who needs to hear what I have to say? Who, who can I serve? Use me to serve someone. And then I, I get a picture of somebody and I speak to that one person. I don't speak to a they or a, to thousands. I speak to one person. And I know, you know, I just trust that God, the divine source, has got a purpose for me, for my voice, for my emotions, for my words. And I just trust it. And when I get in that state, I'm not nervous because it's not about me anymore. It's not. Yeah, I get ready first. I do my hair and makeup like a, you know, normal 3D human. And then I do my practice and I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go. Yeah, yeah, leaving uh leaving space for what happens in the moment is so important, right? Cuz that that moment of saying I am going to stop controlling this moment. I've prepared. I I did all the things I need to do as a human being. Now all I have to do is physically show up in my vibrational self, right? In my wholeness and see what happens and be with it, right? It's so good. It's so good. You know, um, one of the things that you are talking about here is a little bit of detachment from yourself, right? Really becoming something bigger than yourself. So even the service to others, the willingness to say what you what you came here to say, what you feel like you need to say, is really about being bigger than yourself, right? And uh, there's this thing that I do, and I, I don't tell too many people. And so I will, uh, I'll tell you, you can tell me if I'm, if I'm in the right direction. Um, and I've done it for uh, forever, for as long as I've, I've been on stage or been in any kind of video, which I gotta say, even in the olden days, they would, you know, when I rode horses when I was a kid, they would film you and then you'd have to, oh, look that, you know, you could do this better or that better, right? It's a great learning tool. Um, and, uh, and that is that whenever I watch myself on camera, I refer to myself in the third person. So she, she is doing this. 
she keeps doing that. It's a problem. How do we get this thing that she's doing to not show up, right? She's clicking her lips or she's, right, whatever it is. And, uh, oh, I have terrible habits. When I was younger, I was a uh, I was a sound designer. And so I recorded a lot of people and I have awful habits. I would have thrown me out of the studio. Um, <laughs> but, but I'm all the talent I got right now on this one. So it's all right. <laughs> Right. I don't have I don't have those big name talents being me because I'm being me. Right. Um, and so uh, so how how does that play in? Does it play in for you with people? How do we create that separation? Um, I do it, obviously, with language, but um, I'm sure there are other ways to do it, to really kind of find a space where it's OK to look at a piece and say, as a piece of art, as something I'm bringing into the world, I want to cut this out and I want to keep that and have it not be based on vanity. That's brilliant. I love that you look at it yourself in the third person. That's brilliant. I've never done that. I'm going to borrow it or steal it. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, it's yours. It's the world's. It's for everyone. Yeah, it's really smart. And it's the thing I learned in transformational leadership is developing a neutral relationship with your results and not letting it determine who you are, but using it as data. Like, okay, what worked? What didn't work? It means nothing about you. We're not defined by how we show up, what our behaviors are. There is a deeper truth in all of us. And it requires a a, daily spiritual practice to get to that place where you can actually look at yourself in the third person or in a detached way and say, okay, this really felt good. This felt in alignment when I was saying this, when I was like, when I was just, you know, kind of on a rant, right. I I just was like, I was flowing, right. That wasn't me. And when I say get me out of the way, I mean like the small S ego self. I believe we all have like a capital S self. That is the truth of who we are. It's who we are when we're sharing our gifts and in our purpose and in alignment. So there, it requires some work to figure out what is in alignment. And the body is a beautiful lie detector. And it's, it will show you if you learn to pay attention to it. Unfortunately, most of us as children were taught to not listen to our bodies. You give Aunt Mildred a hug and a kiss. We're like, no, she's creepy. She stinks. Like, I don't want to. No, you do it. You tell grandma you love her, but I don't want to. I don't feel like it. So we're trained to not listen. Some of us have had creepy relatives or friends of the family. And we knew as children, we know who's safe and who's not because we are still so connected to source. And the heart energy field is so big. Uh, I'm going to share this. There was a study done, I believe, by HeartMath. And they had a convicted child molester come onto a playground where the kids could not see him. And the parents were instructed, they knew this was happening, to just sit there on the bench and and just be there. And every single one of those kids, without seeing this man, ran over to their parents because they knew something was off. That gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. And he was not visible, so he was far away. And the heart's electromagnetic field is so big. And we can all learn that, to hone into that again because it's, it's our inner GPS. So when something is in alignment for you, when it's a hell yes, your body will be expansive. You will be, your heart will be open. 
You might like go forward, like, like go for it. And when something's not in alignment for you, you might go backward. You know, if you stand up and just allow your body to be neutral and you say, show me a full body. Yes. Most likely you're going to fall forward. And you say, show me a full body. No, you'll go backward. And also when it's a no, there will be contraction. You might feel pain in your muscles. Your jaw might clench. Your heartbeat might start racing. You will not feel peace. You'll feel like, oh, this doesn't feel good. And part of learning to trust yourself is learning to say no to things that are not in alignment and learning to say yes when things are, even if they're scary, you're like, oh, this scares me, but in a good way, like I'm going to go for it. And just really learning to trust that. So you can start practicing with everything. Okay. Do I want this for breakfast or this? Well, which one feels more expansive? I mean, you can practice with the tiniest things and then start to notice anytime someone invites you to do something or gives you like in, in issues, any type of invitation, what does your body feel like? If it's a maybe, that's a no. A maybe is a people pleaser's no. <laughs> I love that. So is if it's a yes, like a full body, hell yeah, I want to do that. If it's not, that is what I consider to be a sacrifice. And we are not here to sacrifice. We are here to live in our power. We are here to create. And if we sacrifice, that leads to resentments, whether you realize it or not. Unconsciously, there's a, a score sheet like, well, they owe me. If I do this, they owe me one. They, I'm such a good person. Look what I did for you. And you're keeping score, which is not what your capital S self does, right? It's expansive. It's like, yes, I want to do this. I want to serve. Or you know what? That doesn't feel like it's in alignment for you, but thanks for thinking of me. I mean, it's that easy to say no or to practice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You really are reminding me in one of my programs, we do a lot of yes training where you really um, practice that feeling of what is yes. And when you feel it, amplifying it. And it changes so much in your experience to be able to amplify your feeling of of positive feelings of yes right enough that you can feel it and feel it quickly and easily uh it, it because we, we all practice the negative feelings as you said where our brains are trained to keep us alive which is wonderful they that's what they're there for but that also means that fear and worry are very high up on the scale of things that your body wants to tune into right so when we really practice that tuning into yes tuning into those emotions that keep your body uh i i like to to talk about an emotional line right above the line below the line but above the line for me is about stress response right so when the body is having a negative emotion for me what i'm talking about is your body is having a stress response right and if when you're having a positive emotion it has to do with being in rest and relaxation um, and, and being really in that feeling of alignment. Uh, so I love that you're talking about that and really amplifying those yeses and only going with the yeses that are true yeses and are not cultural yeses, right? So we have a lot of cultural yeses. Yeah. Yeah. And when we do that, when we say yes, only to things that are in alignment, we show up as these completely different versions of ourselves. Because the subconscious mind hears 
I'm worthy. I matter just as much as everybody else. And we show up as that version, the one that matters, the one that's here to shine and to create this ripple effect and make a difference in people's lives. Not the yes person. Yeah. And that really is where we get to this idea of living fully, isn't it? I mean, that the fullness of life, you know, when, when I'm going to let the cat out of the bag here, that when we were first talking about this episode, we talked about living happy and living happy is really different than living fully. And, uh, this concept that you can, you can, um, amplify and enjoy and be a part of all of those really juicy parts of your life uh even when there are parts of it that you really don't want you really don't want them right they're not they're not what you want in your life uh that those are not uh the killer of living fully right they are part of living fully uh and learning to lean in to the thing that you do want yeah, that's beautiful. But one, one of the things that, you know, I talk about is fo- what you focus on expands. So starting to collect evidence of what you want to believe, because when you tell your subconscious mind to look for certain things, you are priming it. And you've all heard the example, I'm sure, of when you're looking for a new car, you see that car everywhere. That's because you've told your mind, okay, this is important. It's filtering out millions of bits of information every second. And you just get to tell it what to focus on. So show me how the world is kind. Show me how I matter. And you'll start to see it everywhere instead of looking for evidence of the opposite, which is what a lot of us do. And I'll give you an example of that. So if you've ever been through a breakup, what's the first thing that most people do? They start looking, stalking their ex's Facebook feed or Instagram to see if they are with someone new so that you can compare yourself and see if you're better than or worse than. And for me, it was looking for evidence that I wasn't enough. And and I got to be really honest with myself about that. That was painful to come to that realization. And then I realized, well, by doing this, I am reinforcing the belief that I've carried since I was a tiny child that I'm not enough. When nothing externally to me will ever make me feel like I'm enough. It's an inside job. So it's learning to love all those pieces and to look for evidence. Okay, show me how I'm enough. I mean, you can look for evidence out here because we're doing it anyway. Instead of looking for evidence that I'm not enough, I'm looking for evidence that I am enough. And when I got enough of it, I'm like, okay, got it. Next, next lesson. You know, then I moved on to something else. So you make this really interesting point, and and a lot of times people don't talk about it, uh, but it is absolutely part of every piece of growth that we do, and that is the the pain of growth, right? There is a there is this presumption, there is a reason not to face these things in yourself, because it will be painful, and the the misconception here is that you're not already in pain. So in healing, in physical healing, there is a thing called the Sae scale. And when you are initially in, in distress, when your body is in distress, it sends out all the alarms. You break your leg, uh, the alarms go off, right? You go, ah, I'm in pain. I should go do something about it. But if you ignore it long enough, then your body adapts, starts to adapt to that. 
And once you've adapted, so you've decided, oh no, I'm, I, there's nothing wrong with me. I'm not going to get help. I'm just going to lay around until everything is okay. And now your leg doesn't line up anymore, right? So there's real problems that haven't been dealt with. And eventually your body, once it has adapted, once it has learned to hop on one leg really well, or drag one leg behind it, right? Then it will start to move into what they call exhaustion. And in that exhaustion stage, we are, we are really damaging ourselves with no knowledge that we are damaging ourselves, right? This, I've seen this a lot with uh, people who say they really do very well on four hours of sleep. Um, and they do, they feel like they do well on four or six hours of sleep. Um, but what's happening in their bodies is that those aging processes are speeding up, right? Because they're not getting to rest and repair in between. So to look at it with that lens, as you brought it forward and say, hey, this is what's happening emotionally. This is our landscape. When we are in self-doubt, when we're in, uh, you know, judgment, we are in pain. We just don't have any alarm bells going off because we practice that one. We know what that feels like. It's normal, right? So interesting. I love that you brought that forward. Yeah, it's really fascinating. And I talk about, you know, the ego's primary job is to keep you alive and to keep you safe. So it feels like anything that didn't kill you is safe. It's safer than the unknown. So it's becoming aware of these little things and just knowing that there are other options. You have a calling inside of you. Everybody does. And it changes as we evolve and grow, but you have a calling and it is scary to step in. But think about anytime you've done something really scary that you knew would be good for you. How did you feel right afterward? I mean, it is exhilarating. I remember being stuck for many, many years thinking, oh, I really want to be a public speaker. I really want to impact people. And then thinking, well, what would I talk about? So I never did anything. I never just said, okay, I'm just going to go live and see what comes through me. I'm like, no, I'm going to look stupid. So for years, I was absolutely miserable. I was depressed. I became addicted. I was miserable to be around. I was super judgmental of people who were speaking. I'd be like, I could do better. I'm like, well, sure you could. Let's see it then. <laughs> so when you have this calling, no matter what it is, take one step and celebrate it. If you did one thing today that was out of your comfort zone, even a little, celebrate it. You're like, dang, I was brave. I was courageous. I did it scared. And when you start to celebrate those things and accumulate those wins, it grows and grows. So one of the things I do on a regular basis is to practice stretching outside my comfort zone. So what that looks like for me, I've been doing it so long that it I take dares kind of from other people. I'm like, okay, do you have a stretch for me today? And there used to be this app called Dare Me. And it was a guy who did a TED talk named Jia Zheng, Jia Zheng called What I Learned from the 100 Days of Rejection Challenge. And he did the craziest things to get out of his fear of being rejected. So one of the first ones that I just loved, and I do it you know, occasionally, and this dare is to ask a stranger to race 
<laughs> now think about it. If some stranger comes up to you at an outdoor shopping mall and says, hey, excuse me, do you want to race? You'd be like, what? She insane. <laughs> and that's what most people do. And it's hilarious. But it gets me out of my head, out of my comfort zone. And it actually uplifts other people. It gives them a great story to tell. And sometimes people say yes, which is super fun. That's so great. That's so great. I love the concept of stretching. It's really a, a good practice for doing things that are that are our real true heart's desire, but but we are in our own way. We're in our own way. That's so great. Well, thank you so much for being with us here today. I want to make sure that everybody has a way to get in touch with you. So, of course, we're going to link everything on all the platforms. But uh, let us know what's going on for you and your business. Thank you so much for having me. This was such a great conversation. I always learn so much from you. It's amazing. You have great examples and great real life experience. And you're so grounded and loving. I love it. So thank you. So what I have coming up, I have a free five-day challenge for coaches and online business owners who want to do that, to get out of their own way, to learn to trust and to show up confidently on camera. I believe the quickest way to increase your impact and income is to create a deep, authentic connection with your audience on video. And if you think about, you know, you ever get addicted to like a Netflix series and then when it ends, you're, you feel like you've lost your family and your friends. You're like, oh, I'm all alone again. It's because they succeeded in creating that deep emotional bond with you. And think about if you could do that with your audience, how much richer your relationships would be and your bank account. I mean, everything goes from there. So it's going to be linked in the show notes. It's called Unleash Your Authentic Self on Camera. It's a free five-day challenge. I just did it a few weeks ago, and people got phenomenal results. So I'm super excited to share this because my mission is to unleash people, to express themselves, to express all of themselves, and to share their gifts with the world. So thank you. Yes, and it's a, it's a live challenge you're, you're repeating it. So you'll be there live, right? Yeah. Yes. It, this is live. Yeah. It is live challenge. That's great. That's great. Um, so thank you. That's, that sounds incredible. And I encourage everybody to go there and check it out. I want to say thank you to everybody for being here with us today and that we will see you next time.